Hello and welcome back to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? Today in the first half of this episode, we're going to talk about how to land the job, interview, resume, all that good stuff. And then the second half, we're going to talk about how to exceed at the job and be successful and continue to grow and excel. So stay tuned. Let me know if there's anything else you want to hear. And thanks for tuning in. Thing when it comes to getting a job you got to have a resume, right? So whether you're haven't had a job before or you're moving jobs and you've had a ton of jobs before, you need a resume regardless. So when you're crafting your resume, I know there's a certain point in your career that you might have enough experience where you're looking at multiple pages in your resume. But for someone who I'd recommend under five years of experience probably is a good measure stick to one page. After that, you know, do some research, see what the standards are going. But at least from what I've seen in my company, we look at one page and that one helps focus everyone's attention when they're looking at your resume. And two, makes you prioritize what you're going to put in it because you only want the most important things. Um, You want to see, like break it up into sections that make sense. And then within those sections, go for bullet points uh, you don't need to do these these crazy paragraphs, but just a couple key bullet points for each maybe role you've had. Maybe if you haven't had specific jobs, talk about um, classwork or, you know, I, I have my little brother's working at um, a retail store and he's getting sales experience. So you don't necessarily have to have something in your field. You can have something that just showcase what you learned in that in that opportunity and what you've put forward. And on that, if you're young, you're still in college, you're like, I can't get the first job to put something on my resume, look for clubs, um, research. A lot of the times on campuses, there's research and just really putting your foot forward and trying to get that experience, you'll normally find a professor that will allow you to do research. You can also look at like assistant teaching, different roles like that. So teaching in a field, assistant teaching in a field that's um, valuable to you, your what you want to do in the future. Look at things where these are skill sets that someone would want me to have in a future job. And if I can't get it from an internship or a job before that, I'm going to get it in these offhand things. And then when you're putting bullet points, this one goes for everyone. Make sure that they're measurable. If you can put something like this percent increase, this cost savings, um, like measurable, attainable, let them know what you did and how it benefited the company or what skills did you truly learn. And when you're doing that, pay attention to the first word. Like, so you put a bullet, what's the first word that's leading the rest of your sentence? Make sure that those are strong, actionable words. Have a great resume. You made it to the interview process. Now what? Prepping for the interview. So I actually recently was talking to a um, someone who helps with our hiring and interview process at our company. And not only have I been a part of interviews, obviously myself applying for jobs and roles, but I've actually been a part of a handful of being the person who's grading an interview. And that's for a myriad of positions, right? So in college, um, helped interview our new coach, like collegiate coach, and was on that panel. 
um, at work when they were hiring a new manager, they allowed uh, some people to be on that. I've also interviewed interns and different things like that. So I have seen both sides of it. And that's where a lot of this advice comes from. The biggest thing is trying to be yourself. I think I've seen a lot of times where if you're not being your genuine self, people notice that and they might not know what is off, but they're going to feel like that conversation wasn't genuine. They're going to leave feeling something was off with that person. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting the right connection, you know, and I've heard, you'll hear different things like, oh, their answers were so polished or, you know, they, they stayed so surface level or different things like that. And that's not the impression you want to leave. So you want to make sure that you allow yourself for your, your true self to shine through. And when you're leading up to the interview, make sure you look at your resume, you know, what's on your resume, because a lot of the time people are going to look at your resume and maybe ask questions from there based on your experience. The classic, like, tell me about yourself is always going to come up. When it comes to that, I like to think of the few key points that I want to someone else to know about me, but I don't want to have it scripted either because uh, people notice that, but also don't have nothing where you're just like, oh, I'm from here and moving on. What about you? And when you before going into interviews, there's always a lot of good uh, behavioral questions you can search out there. And nowadays I've seen a lot of people moving to behavior type questions. So, you know, name a time when you experienced this and how did you react or what would you do in this scenario? And those ones, again, making sure you're true to yourself, you can always search behavioral questions and start um, going through and, you know, saying what you would, okay, what would I say if they asked me something like this and have a few key examples of big milestones or achievements or things that you know you want to touch on so you can see if you can weave those into the conversation. Um, if you're someone who needs to have something written down and thought about beforehand, you can take a couple notes, but you know, I've heard this question a couple times too. It's like, can I bring notes into my interview? Um, and I would potentially advise against that. Maybe I have scribbling a couple things down of key questions you want to ask, but try to avoid, you know, just reading off of a piece of paper. Because again, that's not going to allow them to see your genuine self. Something else to consider is the I versus we. I've seen it too much both ways. So I've seen someone in an interview saying, I did this and I did that and I did this. And that makes me sometimes think that they're not being a team player and not giving recognition where it's due. And likewise, you know, I've had VPs ask me, you know, what do you think are your strengths or what do you think made this project successful? And I didn't notice I was doing it, but I said, oh, well, I think we did a great job of doing this and we did. And in the end, they ended up saying something. They're like, you said we for everything when I know it was you leading those activities. And to me, that was something that people notice. You know, people know if you're saying we did this, but if you're able to speak to it a certain way and show that you were really a key player in that, or, you know, there's some things where if I'm leading a team, I'll say, oh, we did this, or 
you know, the team was really successful in this, but just even if I was 90% leading that, right? Um, and on the other side, I've also said, yeah, that's a learning for us to work on. And we will work on that when I had 1%, you know, impact on the issue that was caused. But making sure that you're a team player and considering that while also being able to speak to what you did, right? So on the other hand, on the other side, if you're saying we too much, I've also seen where I've interviewed someone and they are constantly saying we, we, we. And I was like, okay, so what's your role in this? And they couldn't speak to their role in all of these things that they're saying. They'd say, our group does failure analysis. Our group does this. Our group does new products development. Cool. What's your role in that? How How are you playing a role in that? And they're like, well, you know, we're developing new products. I'm like, what does that mean for you? So making sure that, you know, you're not saying I too much and making sure that you're a team player, you're not saying we too much. Um, I think there's not harm in saying we too much, honestly. I probably say it more than I, like 95% of the time. But make sure that if someone does ask, okay, how are you contributing to this? You actually can say something and you know how to respond and likewise on that make sure you're not giving examples to things that you did not participate in um i think at entry level you can potentially get away with that a little more but as you start to get further in your career people are going to expect that if you and actually i mean at any level especially if things are on your resume people are going to expect If you put that on your resume, if you're bringing that up as an example, you actually did it. And so you have to be prepared that if they ask you a follow-up question, you actually know yourself and were involved enough that you could respond. Okay, so then you do your interview towards the end pretty much every time. They're like, do you have anything to ask me? Yes. Always say yes, right? (laughs) Um, So often you'll be like, nope, I'm all set. And they're like, okay, I guess, you know. There's nothing of value that I can bring. And something just innately we have as humans is we want to feel as though we're bringing value and that our minds and time are seen as valuable. So when someone takes 30 minutes to an hour spending time to interview you, I honestly think the least you can do is ask them something back, right? And try not make it a generic question that you read on the internet or heard from someone. I know like... TikTok and Instagram nowadays have a lot of things on there. I've seen a lot that I genuinely would not recommend. So make sure you're vetting vetting those by someone if you do pull it from there. And even, like, I'll be honest, advice I give, vet it. Make sure it makes sense to you. Um, But I see things on the internet where I'm like, oh, gosh, I I hope someone's checking that information because that's not something that I would recommend. And maybe we'll talk about those more in a little bit. But Some interesting, some questions, considerations for questions you can ask. First off, make sure it's something you're actually curious about. I think that's something that you can tell too. If you're asking a question just for the sake of the question, when they give the answer, your natural response is to be like, okay, thanks. Because you only just care that they answer the question. Versus if you asked it about something that you're genuinely curious about, your reactions are like, oh, that's interesting. And then maybe you even, they say something you want to ask a follow-up question to, right? 
So think of something that you actually care about that, and then try and personalize it to the person that you're talking to. So if you can get the interviewer's name beforehand and maybe like run through, look at their LinkedIn, try not to get too stalkerish, um, but at least being like, oh, I saw, you know, this, 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 how is this? Or are you interested? Or what do you think? Just make showing that you value their opinion. At this point, I would recommend trying to avoid talks about salary here. If you do, if that's pertinent to this point of your interview process, just make sure you're also asking other questions and be very mindful of how you pose that salary question. You don't want to come off that you're just here for the money. And um, especially that person that's interviewing you might not necessarily be the right person to answer those salary questions. For example, if you're interviewing for a technical role and your interview is with a technical lead, they might not be the person who's going to talk salary with you. You might need to talk that with HR or someone else. So if you are feel it's very important to ask that salary question, one, just consider, is this the right situation? Is this the right timing? Is this the right person to discuss it with? Or will I have um, other opportunities to do so. Um, or just make sure you're adding additional questions there. You want to sell them on yourself and then it's a much easier sell to sell them on the salary you want versus trying to sell them on you and your salary at the same time. But that's just my opinion. You know, again, see what works for you. So some questions around think self-development, think culture, think leadership styles. I find that, you know, it's a two-way street, right? They're interviewing you to see if you're a good fit for their role. You should also consider, are they a good fit for mine? And, you know, (laughs) don't say it in a, you know, looking down standpoint, but ask the questions, be curious, you know, think of what you want to see in your culture and in your role. And, figure out how they feel about the culture or how they feel about their role or, you know, what was their path to get in this position? And is there anything that they do differently? Just showing that you care and you're curious and you're a constant learner. Okay. So you get the interview, you get the job. We'll talk salary maybe another time. It gets a little complicated. So not trying to fit it in here, but now you're, now you're working right now. What? And I think the biggest thing is to work like for the first maybe like six months just get as much output and learning as you possibly can like meet the people network have a solid output like if your boss is asking you to do something turn it around quickly and do a quality job on that something that I think about some you know is Our leaders, your bosses, your managers, they don't know what you're doing for your 40 hours. They don't know how you're delegating your time. But what they do see is your output. And so if someone asks you to do something, how quickly you turn it around and at what quality, that's what they're seeing. And how you engage with others and how you hold yourself in meetings, that's what they're seeing. And so making sure that they're seeing what you want them to see and that's representative of your work. You know, I'll see a lot of times you might be not as efficient as you want to be. And when I say that, it's make sure that you're, if you have 40 hours in a week, 
And I know um, as you go, you know, things might fluctuate. You might have to work 50, you might be 60, who knows. But if we just assume a 40-hour work week and you think, what does my boss, and I'm talking about the first six months especially of, of any new job, what does my boss or leadership or, you know, the person that I needs to find my output valuable, my key stakeholders, what do they find valuable? What, how would they want my output to look like? Consider that. So if you're doing something, say, is this value add in the eyes of my manager or leader? Or would they not find this as value add? You also need to keep in mind that in your first six months, you're expected to be learning, right? So avoiding the learning to grow yourself and only doing value add might make you that in a year, you don't know the basics. So, you know, don't get yourself in that type of situation, but making sure that you're consistently adding value and having that input. And the reason I say that is I think you need to build a brand for yourself and a reputation and show people that you're someone who's trusted, you're a quick learner, and if they give you a test, they can count on you to turn it around in the right amount of time and give it back to them in the quality that they expect. And why that's so important is once you're able to build that reputation for yourself, that's when you can take yourself to the next level and start having and doing things that continue to benefit the company, your leaders, but also grow your learning in the way that you want, right? So for example, maybe you're doing one thing and that's what's beneficial, but if you can start learning things in tangential, one that might benefit your job but aren't fully your responsibilities, Maybe then you're doing your job better. Maybe you're doing it more efficiently. Maybe you're a better collaborator or a team player. Maybe it's setting yourself up um, to be a lead or a manager or a technical expert. You know, so that's when you can start looking into those opportunities because you've shown that you're invested and can make an impact at that company. And then you're saying, hey, I want to keep learning. I want to keep growing, keep challenging me. Um, when you finish your task, ask for more, right? And then something that I didn't, like I was lucky enough to have a great mentor and a great leadership. I always thought that that was it. You just put your head down, you do the work and people are going to recognize you. And if you have good leadership and you have people that are looking out for you and they're going to say, wow, look at what they're doing. And all you have to do is do the work. Awesome. In today's day and age, I think that's not always the, 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 that's more of like the best standards and the way we'd like things to work, but that's not always how it is. So there comes a certain point when you've built your reputation, you're doing the work, you have your bearings and you have the knowledge. Now you need to start thinking, okay, what, what comes next? Maybe this is like a year into the role, right? Okay. What, what do I want out of this? And I think it's good to have these thoughts early as well. Don't get me wrong. This is like an arbitrary timeline I'm throwing out into the world. I think it's good to have these, like, what is my purpose? You know, what is my vision? But you, so that you're feeling like you have a big impact and you're 
um, purposeful with the activities you're doing. I find that if you know what you're doing and have meaning, you're just going to be happier and enjoy putting in that extra effort. But I think especially when you've made that reputation, you're going to start, people are going to start asking, okay, what is, what do they want? What do they want out of this? Or how can I help them? And that's where having those conversations and having those thoughts and being prepared. I think something really important is preparing yourself for opportunities. And so then starting to think, how can I best prepare myself for the opportunity I want? Maybe you've proved yourself and you want them to give you more responsibilities. So how can I best prepare myself? Maybe you want to move over to a partnering group. You know, how can I best prepare myself for that? So consider those things. And then the best way I've seen to do this is a couple. So you can either think, if you know what you want to do in the job before you retire. So what is that ideal position that you want to have before you retire? That that if I get this, I will, like, that's that's where... I wouldn't keep chasing to continue. Or if, if I could make this impact, then I know like I that's what I'm chasing. Whatever it is, and I think don't confuse that with not being able to celebrate your wins along the way. But if you can chase, if you have that North Star that you're looking after, you can look at that and either see if there's someone who has that. If, if there's someone who has that position, You can see if you can have an opportunity to meet with them or who reports to them, who knows them well. Um, You can also, I think, just a starting point is, okay, this is the job that I want to be in. What skills do I need to be in that job? Maybe I need to have led multiple teams. Maybe I need to have marketing experience. Maybe I need to have to lead an engineering project. Maybe I need to have launched something. Maybe I need to know this person. Whatever your field is, whatever you're looking at, what are the skills you need to have? And then see if you can break those into buckets and think, okay, from here, where I'm at now, to there, are there buckets of roles that could give me that opportunity? So maybe you're bucketing a group together and say, that makes sense. That would fall under one job. And you, you might not know what that job is, but you're like, that might fall under something. This might fall under something. These are the experiences I need. And that makes it so you start to think. So when opportunities come your way, you realize how they align to your bigger vision. You realize that I want to raise my hand for this. One, because it'll help my company, but two, because it'll put me in a good spot for where I want to be. So those are the things you want to start thinking about. Another way to do it, especially in the beginning, there's a framework that I love. I've probably talked about it before called Ikigai, I-K-I-G-A-I. And so it's basically a Venn diagram and it talks about what the, okay, what does the world need? What can you get paid to do? What are you really good at? And what are you really passionate about? What do you love to do? And if those four groupings can fit together, you know, that's what they're calling that icky guy. 
and the Venn diagram of two or three of those, it shows you like, you know, the combination of what the world needs and what you can get paid for is comes out as one thing or the combination of what I love to do and what I'm good at. Maybe that turns into a hobby because yeah, maybe the world doesn't need it and maybe you're not getting paid for it. Right. So or maybe the world needs it and you're getting paid for it, but you don't like it and you're not very good at it. And so it's just a it's just a job. And so it, it breaks those down. And something I like to do is fill that out and see what is it? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? And where are you right now? And I found that when I'm happiest, I'm having all four of those things fulfilled. And when it's time for me to move, it's typically because I no longer feel like I'm making that impact in one of those areas of my life. And we can talk about that more. There's a whole thing on why people leave their jobs. Um, so maybe that'll be another episode. Stay tuned. So output's obviously a big one. I think as people, though, we're more than just our output. As a person, you pay attention to how other people make you feel. So if you're on meetings, try and turn your video on. I know we don't all like it. If you're on meetings, can't, how can you add value to the conversation? Not, And I'm just not talking, just speak to speak, right? How can what you speak and add value to this conversation? And what skills and knowledge do you have to be able to do that? And when you are on these conversations, no matter who's in the room, can you leave a good impression? And maybe that's just your videos on and you're smiling and you're nodding and they know you're listening. Maybe that's adding beneficial advice or maybe that's taking on tasks. Whatever it may be, we're more than just our output and that's what gets you to the next level. Making sure that you're being present and being yourself and showcasing that and being kind. I think it goes a long way and we might not always realize, but um, I just find that one, it makes me happier and two, it makes me form connections. And the other thing I notice, and I think I forget this sometimes is when I am having an off day or when I'm tired or whatever, I've, I've had a couple of meetings where I'm, someone will message me after and say, Hey, are you okay? I noticed I didn't hear that energy in your voice today, or you didn't speak up as much in this meeting. Like, is there any, is everything okay? And to me, that shows that people really are listening. People really are paying attention to the energy you're putting out there, the tone of your voice, um, how much input you're giving in meetings. And that also means that if you do it enough, they're going to notice your absence. They're going to notice when something's affecting you and they're going to reach out, hopefully, if you're at a good company. So those are things to consider that are more than just your output. You know, hopefully your company likes you for you as well. Um, I think the output is the ticket. It's like your ticket in the door and yourself, your energy, your personality is what really drives that home, drives you to the next level. Debunk something that I've been seeing and it's been making me a little, I've seen it on TikTok and Instagram and it's people that are like, I love the idea. I'll say this. I love the idea of boundary setting, right? I think it's important to have boundaries and to separate it. 
work from your personal life. And I think you need to be able to not take work home to your personal life and not take your personal life, you know, into work. Like if you're stressed in your personal life, being able to still be able to execute your work. But I've been seeing a lot of these things on TikTok where it's like, um, I saw one and it had, it had gone viral and all these people were saying, yes, I'm going to do this. And it was like the boss asking, the manager asking, hey, we're a little swamped at work with um, someone leaving. Is there any way that you can help comp, like take up this extra project? You know, what does your workload look like? And the response that they're advising is like to say no, to negotiate your salary right off the bat, um, or to just draw the line and say, hey, like, nope, sorry, you're resourcing. I, the, I think the exact response was, no, your resourcing issues are not my problem. And if your goal is to go to work, work your eight hours, get a paycheck and go home, then yes, being able to set those boundaries is important, knowing your vision and your purpose and your why. If, however, your goal is to go to work, make an impact, feel like you have a family there and people are looking out for you and you want to grow in that company, I would not recommend that strategy. Um, And something I was discussing with... um, someone the other day who has influence in people's salaries and um, acceptance is like, if you're treating your company like that, don't be surprised when your company treats you back like that, right? So I think, and this all goes into your, what's your why, right? But if you're going and treating your company or your manager and saying, hey, Nope, that's not my job. That's your, like, not my problem. Sorry. Oh, you want me to do that? Give me, you know, X much, much more money. You're creating a standard that, and that is fine if that's what you need, but you're creating a standard that you, they are on their own and you are only going to do what is required of you. That is not going to put you up well for, you know, early promotions. And that may negatively affect your personal life if, say, your kid's sick and you need to work from home and you say, hey, my kid's sick. Is it okay if I can work from home today? And don't be surprised if you end up getting that same attitude back. That's that's your problem. You know, that's not my responsibility. Right. So make sure that you're treating others the way you want to be treated. Goes to the workplace as well. If you want your company or your manager, your team to treat you like a team team player and for them to have your back you need to have theirs obviously making sure that if someone's taking advantage of that that you do know how to set the proper boundaries and if that's something that you struggle with like let me know I can do another episode on that but careful and paying attention it's great to say hey I set up that brick wall look what I said to them and you know chatting your friends about it But keep in mind how that's perceived and how that might come back to you in the future. And if you do feel like you're being treated unfairly and someone's really taking advantage of you, you know, that is a particular circumstance. But I'm just saying in general, just know that how you're treating someone is probably how they're going to 
reciprocate and treat you back, especially in the professional world. Things I hope that helps. My goal is for everyone to get the job they want, enjoy the job, and if you're not enjoying the job, go find something that you will enjoy. So these are just a couple of tips to help with that. If there's other things you want to hear or see or learn about, reach out, let me know. I'm always happy to discuss different topics. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Best of luck to your personal and professional goals. And I'll see you next time on What the Tech Am I Doing? Mm-hmm.